Up on the housetop, who is this? It's Steve Gutenberg, and he is single. He's looking for a little wife. Boop, boop, doop, it's network special. Now, Nathan. Wow. I, <laughs> wow. You are shaking your head at me, and I feel like I was very nice about the bus choir. Um, I'm just going to say, I didn't hear... That, One reference to poop. That in was this. my audition piece. So, I'm trying so to go in a different I, direction. You know, I'm a, I'm, 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 I'm solely poop parodies. All right, I'll try it again. Up on the housetop, who is that? Steve Gutenberg. He's got a poop. Loop boop a doop boop boop a troop. What? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not hearing anything about Crystal Bernard. All right. Uh. <laughs> Well, as the founding member, I'm guessing, of the Bus Choir, of which is, of course, is the parody choir that you and other gentlemen had when you were in grade school, middle school? Uh-huh. Elementary school. Elementary school. And a school. woman, too. Oh, very diverse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't planned this, but I want you to take a crack at it. Give me, give me the best Up on the Housetop parody about this film. All right. Um. <laughs> and I'd better hear... Some poop talk. <laughs> um, let's see. <coughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> I don't know the words to the song up on the housetop. Yeah, that was very important with what I was doing is <laughs> nailing part, right? every word. <laughs> well, you know how I do. I, I look for words that rhyme with poop terminology. And if there isn't one, then I really don't. Enjoy that kind of song to parody. Sure. Boy, he's uh, really biding some time, huh, Producer Jeremy? <laughs> sure is. Yeah, I'm right, here, here waiting go. to laugh. Making a real meal here out of it. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Been recording for 20 minutes now. Dingle, dingle bells, dingle bells. <laughs> Dingleberry bells. <laughs> Gutenberg and Crystal Bernard. It changed the song entirely. <laughs> That's why he's the king. I'm the king. That was off the cuff, too. Yeah, wow. You almost got all the way through it. Well, everybody, if you have uh, gotten all the way through that and you haven't shut it off and thrown your phone out the window, (laughs) you're listening, of course, to Network Special, the best podcast you could possibly listen to if you want to hear a podcast about the golden age of appointment-based television, the era when you had to watch something when it was on television, and now thanks to the magic of the internet, we can watch these things again and again. And ho, 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 it's me, one of the co-hosts of the program. It's Zachariah Durr. And who is there Turning his head away so as not to belch into the microphone like a little gentleman elf. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Nathan Cheer. <laughs> and, uh, well, yeah, Nathan has coal lung. Sorry, everybody. And in the booth, who is our favorite Mrs. Claus? Jeremy Demery. Merry Christmas, everyone. Everyone, regardless of faith or creed. Don't care. Not interested. (laughs) (laughs) That's what producer Jeremy sounds like. And we are smack dab in the middle of the holiday season, everyone, which is why we had to watch a Hallmark movie. Nathan, our first Hallmark movie. Can you believe it? I sadly, I can. 
This is, let's see. I'm trying to, I was trying to think how many Hallmark movies I had seen. I had seen A Christmas Prince because somebody told me it was really wacky and they were right. Um, and I, I, I feel like that's not a typical Hallmark movie. Most Hallmark movies are about somebody in a very big, very clean house with like a kitchen island. And, and they, they're, they're unemployed. They're unemployed or they have a, a job like wreath arranger, like yeah, a yeah. super <laughs> specific job that is very visual, but would co- like pay you almost nothing, but they live in a weird McMansion. Um, yeah. <laughs> they don't believe in Christmas. Oh, yeah. And sometimes they don't believe in love or they're looking for love or they're not looking for love. And then they find love. Mm-hmm. And the woman wears a red sweater and the man wears a green sweater on the poster. <laughs> yeah. Right, am I right? Like you live in yeah. a household of people who love Hallmark movies, right? Yes. we They watch the Hallmark channel all throughout the year. Okay. Lots of Christmas, Christmas in July, Christmas in, I don't know, March. I was going to ask, does Hallmark just play Christmas movies all year round? Or is it that same mm. genre, but not the Christmas? Not if you have the app, <laughs> which oh. is what we have on Apple TV. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, all of their movies are li- literally the exact same storyline, um, but they just theme it around a certain holiday. Okay. Did am Or I- no holiday, and it's just whatever. Am I wrong, or did they finally make a movie with a black couple and they had fanfare like they had just elected the first gay president or something to that level? There, There is uh, – my daughter was actually watching it and watching one of them. Uh, I think there's only one or two okay. that are officially – but there's other um, – There, there, like, I think other networks. I think like um, BET or TV One or something. I think made some too, but I think Hallmark. They're trying. They're trying. I think the next big, like, I think we'll start seeing a couple, a couple more, and then I think the next big one is. I think someone did a gay one, but I don't remember. If it was Hallmark or if it was some other one, like that'll be the next big, like hurdle or whatever that they're going to cross, and I think that one's probably going to take way longer than just having a few, um, you know, ones with people of color in them. But mm-hmm. we'll see. Usually, there's always a person of color in all of these movies, but they're always the sassy friend, best just friend. like sure, yeah, just like movies, yeah. Yeah, or they're like the secretary or something. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh Aha. Okay. You know, my next question was going to be, is the Hallmark Channel a Christian network? And that is where it has its roots. I'm looking at Wikipedia. It uh, Hallmark Channel traces its history to the launch of the American Christian Television System, or ACTS, and the Vision okay. Interfaith Satellite Network. Wow, a not creepy at all sounding network. The Vision <laughs> Interfaith Satellite Network, a station for humans. <laughs> yeah, the movies there aren't. There isn't. Um, 
I haven't really. I don't think I've seen any Christian message me, movies on Hallmark. Hallmark. There are some like not um, directly, what? but it kind of always floats the values generally. Don't you? You're making a face. Well, okay, so um, there's never talk of like the true meaning of Christmas in the sense of it's really about religion or something. Mm -hmm. It is always the true meaning of Christmas is always just like getting together with each other or something. Like it's always like, like it's not about, but I, but there, I'm just saying like, I have not seen, I thought about, I actually was, I actually did it in singles in the show we're watching today. (laughs) I did see some like funny parallels, uh, but I think that's more just, jokes i was thinking of but like no like when we watch these i don't see like people don't like there. sometimes there's a priest character and they're kind of like the nice guy like that's their that's their yeah I, I know they're not doing like god's not dead or anything like that i'm more mm. saying the level of inoffensiveness like no i'm saying that no i'm saying they're not even i'm saying I don't see parallels. Like obviously like they're not, they're not, there's nothing dirty in them or whatever. You know, there's nothing like adult material in them. Yeah. And there's nothing like, um, I'm just saying, so, so there's, there's, there's that, but there is, I'm saying there is no like, um, like secret thing. Like, Oh no, if you only did this or whatever. So I'm saying like, (laughs) It's just as much as any family show. I'm saying that that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. I I feel like, I, I suppose you're right, but I do think that's intentional. And it wasn't until 1998 it stopped being, uh, what was it called right before then? It was called like the Christian Network or something like that. Okay. And then it changed branding to the Hallmark Network. Hallmark, the card company, <laughs> bought a yeah. network. And I guess it's it's the level of inoffensiveness, not only just in terms of, you know, I'm imagining very limited swearing. If there is any swearing, nobody's, you know, pork. And, and it's, it's more, even the ideas presented are inoffensive. Like there's nothing too yeah. heady you're, or upsetting that you're ever going to get on the Hallmark channel. And whenever I would go to like the Salvation Army where they always play uh, you know, the fish, which is the Christian radio station around here. The fish will play quote secular or non-Christian musicians. Their big slogan is nothing offensive, safe for the whole family. And it's just this idea of like safe safety, for the ears. safety, safety. So I think a big selling point for the Hallmark channel is almost this idea of Safety, not only in the fact that is it not going to be offensive, but it is the repetition of the same sort of thing again and again that is such comfort for people. Like if they were mixing it up and doing a bunch of other wild stuff, I don't think people would like it nearly as much. No, this is like uh, Christmas cookies. You know, like it's 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 the it's exactly you want this. You have your tradition. It's a Christmas tradition. So if these were like, I don't know, good and interesting, <laughs> then it might not feel as, um, you know, comfort food or whatever you'd say. Right. Yeah. And it, do you think that people 
watch these very actively or in your house, are they kind of left on and, and people kind of tune in and out because you can do that um, with these? My, my daughter watches more intently than my wife does. My wife will put them on and then go to sleep or like, you know, do some work or something on her phone. But I could see this being almost like a Christmas white noise machine. <laughs> Literally. Oh. Right. <laughs> 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 Very white noise. It's a it's a freaking uh, fireplace, you know, like a fireplace video. <laughs> yeah, it's the aquarium channel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we didn't even talk about what we we're talking about today. We're talking about a little movie called Single Santa Seeks Mrs. Claus. A 2004 movie starring Steve Gutenberg and Crystal Bernard. Mm. And when I saw this title i said well we have to do this when i i should back that up i assumed that this movie would be about a guy who plays santa in a mall or something when i realized <laughs> this hallmark movie is about the real santa claus looking for a wife mm-hmm. I, I said i absolutely must see this thing and mm-hmm. all i can say is boy oh boy can so we have <laughs> This movie. <laughs> I mean, every part of it needs to be talked about. Every little I agree. piece. Um, but so, in what order are you planning on? Let's let. What, how do we tackle this thing? <laughs> I I mean, we got to go through this thing as as it occurs. I'm yeah. saying we we got to go on the main beats of this thing. Sometimes we have these movies and they're just kind of sprawling or we only have one or two kind of interesting things to talk about with them. I feel like this has to be chronological. And <laughs> I, when I asked you what clips did you want me to kind of call from this to play, you wanted to start with second zero. And it is <laughs> the credit sequence where we're watching uh, very bland visions of wreaths oh. and wrapped presents and things like that. And I think this it's is like, what, uh, it's like the, it's like when, um, DVD players were first out and they would sell DVDs of just HD footage. <laughs> like, this is what it looks like. Right. HD footage of Christmas time. This was playing on a multitude of TV screens in a JC penny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think what you wanted to talk about was this music. It's like somebody hit the demo key of a Casio keyboard <laughs> that said Christmas. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, and, and the credits at the end, there's even a better, more, because there's like, they're going, they're like taking that horn and they're going like, and all this stuff. Well, we uh, once we get past these credits and we see snow globes and teddy bears and uh, uh, Christmas cards, not even like I'm assuming they're Hallmark cards, but they're not. You would think that the Hallmark Channel would use this to spotlight Hallmark's line of their highest end Christmas stuff, right? To really whet the appetite of people and get them into stores. This is like Dollar Tree Christmas decorations. No, it's bad. It just... Does Hallmark still have stores? Oh boy, do they! I was just in one, and 
it okay. was packed. All right, the one there, 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 what the one by us in this little dead mall that we have is like a hallway mall. Um, it turned into an escape room. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's no longer there. No, we have. I think there's Hallmark stores, and then I believe that there is the even higher end version called Hallmark Gold Crown. Oh, I think that's what this was. Okay. Maybe they flew too close to the sun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, but I was checking out the new uh, ornament designs. And let me tell you, if you've ever dreamed of having Star Wars characters on your Christmas tree, they have got you taken care of. Mm Mm-hmm. This movie- I have dreamed of that. Have you really? It was a nightmare. Oh, well, good thing it's an escape room now. (laughs) Good thing it's Santa's silly escape. We start out (laughs) and we are- I figured through all the wood paneling and the macrame on the wall that it was supposed to be in the 70s. <laughs> and uh, we see Santa himself, that jolly right, old they elf. Don't put a, do they, put, they don't put a date or anything on there, right? No. I got this Nothing. through context clues okay. <laughs> of the decor. And there was brown shag carpeting. And I was going, I know Hallmark at least makes everything look clean and like everything is scrubbed. This can't be where our our heroes live, this Roseanne house. But Santa <laughs> comes out. He looks at uh, the note left for him, and he goes, oh, I can't fit that in my sack. <laughs> and then you see a little girl come out, and uh, she's really disappointed because what she wished for was a daddy for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, her, her, her dad not to be dead. <laughs> yeah. Or gone. I'm guessing he yeah, people don't get divorced or leave their families in Hallmark movies, right? They just drop dead. Um hmm. Yeah, it's mostly death. That's the kind of a weirdly the okay trauma that every Disney and Hallmark movie puts their characters through is somebody has a dead person in their life because if you had to deal with the ramifications of somebody leaving or divorce i would assume that that would be too triggering for some people it feels like it would be like too much storyline like you'd have to you'd have to do too much with that or if someone's dead you can just you just point to it and then you you get all your information from that i would believe that hallmark is looking to hire as few actors as possible <laughs> exactly yeah then we go to pre- now we get a title card that says present day yeah that's where i was like oh yeah. That was my context clue. <laughs> <laughs> was them saying it. Yeah. Uh and and uh we now see Beth, the little girl, in her house. No shag carpeting, everything's white. Um, and she is a mom. She is trying to have it all. You can tell that she's mm-hmm. very busy because she's talking on a cordless phone. And she has a little made-for-TV movie boy eating Berry Blast cereal. <laughs> uh, and he also eats a re- almond raisin crunch. He does. Did you notice that both boxes have the exact same artwork except with different <laughs> lettering on them? You know what's interesting about her? Okay, so her her job, right? Mm. They do not say what her job is. They just talk about what the work needs to be done. And so here, here's what I've figured out that she is. She is a graphic designer. She's a copywriter. 
she's a uh, associate creative director. And Nathan, she also pitches. She pitches the the work. She, she works in advertising, which means you do everything. <laughs> yeah. You do every, every single, single piece of the campaign. By yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, and your overbearing boss. Who does not do any of it. Kind of, He just yeah. shows up to the meeting. He shows up to the meeting and smiles at you if you do a good job. <laughs> yeah, that's how my job is. Yeah. <laughs> this lead is Crystal Bernard, who I didn't know because I never watched Wings, but she is a lead actor on <laughs> Wings for a long time. And she has a oh, head yeah. of hair that I was convinced was a wig, but after seeing other pictures <laughs> of her, I think she just blow dries all the life out of it. Do you have any opinions on this? <laughs> is that is that why she is featured on the website you sent me, Super Hair? <laughs> yeah. Everyone go to superhair.com <laughs> and, and look at the early 2000s um, windows or frames layout of Crystal Bernard's that hair. That is being updated today still. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I went to, like, you sent me the link that went straight to her page that looks like a GeoCities page. Yeah. But if you go back to, like, the main domain, it's being updated now, like 2021. Oh, that's beautiful. With that same look. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love that. So no thoughts it's on It's just wigs? a website that is, uh, no, I don't, I don't know that. I, 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 I thought I just kept thinking like my wife said she has the exact same haircut I had when I was going to Bible college back in 1997 or something <laughs> I thought I don't mean this to sound cruel she mm -hmm. has a look that I assumed she would get a makeover halfway through the film so she wouldn't um look quite so Bible <laughs> college anymore <laughs> I don't know. She's fine. She looks like she did on Wings, I think, if I remember. You know, it's just, yeah, she just has one of those haircuts that, like, kind of works throughout the ages, but it still always looks dated. Big poofy but bangs. But if you're a certain age. Yeah, big poofy yeah. bangs with a part in the middle, long. And also, I, I don't know. It just, it felt like a wig. Um, and her son is played by Dominic Scott K, who I will say is a good child actor. I usually have very yeah. short temper for child actors. Um, and I was like, oh, this kid did a good job. He plays Tom Cruise's son in uh, War of the Worlds. Okay. And I wondered, I said, oh, what is he up to now? And I've sent you his website, Dominic Scott K. <laughs> um, let me it now. also send you uh, my favorite promo picture of him. And I want I want you to, to look at this and describe kind of describe this this look for me. Hold on one second. By the way, that website is super super dash hair.net. Okay, super hair. <laughs> if you're dash interested. And Dominic's website at... is dominicscottk.com. Whoa, this picture looks like he's in the movie Twilight. It's very twilighty. He has one like his eyes his eyes look like vampire contacts are in there. I think he does have vampire contacts in. 
He has one massive sleeve tattoo that goes mm-hmm. all the way down to his fingies. And <laughs> he uh, has, okay, it, it said that he was an entrepreneur on his website. Oh. And I was like, oh, what a cryptic thing to say. It That kind of translates to he has his own production company. He has a single out. He is a musician. Um, A hair-themed single. (laughs) I want to play you a little bit of what this child is playing right now. When Your Hair's a Mess or something is the name of the song? Yeah, he has a song called When Your Hair's a Mess. Time to get flagged. (laughs) On the neck instead I can dress better at the foot of my bed now quick i thought oh boy he's a producer he has a production company yeah sure he does well it turns out he has negotiated the rights to the movie about the song drops of jupiter and it is now legitimately in production it was announced by hollywood oh. insider <laughs> there's a movie about the song Drops of Jupiter. Yes. And it is, I believe, about a woman with some sort of disease falling in love with a person. Okay. So it's not about the making of the song. I wish it was this Beatles <laughs> get back style about the guys just struggling to come up with the song. No, it's not. Wow. Yeah. Um, so. Let me ask you something. Ask me listening anything. To, listening to that song, <laughs> did you hear any inspiration from bluegrass or Motown? Oh, mostly Motown. <laughs> yeah, because that's what he says is. Oh yeah, his influences are. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like I was sitting on the dock of the bay listening to that mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this mom, like we said. She the the kid wants to spend time with her. She has to spend a lot of time advertising, but she loves her son. She loves. You can tell there was a big note. It's like make sure that she keeps saying how much she loves her son, so she doesn't look neglectful and abusive. Because every five seconds they're saying how much they love each other. I'm like, guys, get a room. Then she has to rush into advertising incorporated. And uh, Jeremy, you work with sound files all day, right? You're listening to to every bleep and bloop that comes through the Golden Ox. It's bleepity crazy in here. No, I know. Um, listen to to this little snippet from the movie. See if you can catch where there is a slight sound editing error. Oh, Andrew wants to see you. When? Like twenty minutes ago. He keeps calling to see if you're here yet. Oh, thank no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I didn't hit anything. That's in the movie. Wow. <laughs> I did not catch that. That's in the middle of an edit. She says no twice and it clips so hard. Wow. That's the level of care we're getting into. <laughs> no, 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 no. So she, the name, what's the name of the company? West and Associates. West oh, and something Associates. like that. <laughs> Yeah, and okay, let's talk about the, so she is just, she's just about to get this big account, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a video game company, is that right? They've just been called, yes, that's right, Hennessy Games. (laughs) Yeah, and what is this game called? Oh, well, it's their newest game, Mighty City. (laughs) 
<laughs> the, the the hottest toy of the year. This is a big deal. She's going to have to work over the weekend, which mm. means she's leaving her Moppet Sun in the Dust. Uh, but it's going to be fine because Mighty City is going to be the hottest video game for six to 10 year olds. Mm -hmm. So keep that demographic in mind. Cut to the most overacting elves I've ever seen in a Santa production. They are so happy to be shuffle, you know, sorting mail. The head elf who you're seeing shuffling through mail is going, like, uh huh, uh huh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Pan over. They're all wearing the classic elf outfits little pointy jingle bell hats. Little tassels, little real court jester. A big, big treat for any little person actor looking for work is to be put in <laughs> these little dancing monkey outfits. And then we pan <laughs> over to our hero, Steve Gutenberg. Who looks like um he's young. He's not he's not an old Santa in this, you know, not yet at least. But he has the face color that the Santas in the Coke ads have. <laughs> it's just a big red sheen over his like face that looks like he was punched a few times. How old do you, would you say that Steve Gutenberg is in this? I know the answer. How I just want to hear what you he? think. Um, is he in his 60s? <laughs> He's 48. Wait. How old was he in the the Police Academy movies? I'm guessing he was in his 20s. Young guy. And how long ago were the... How long ago were... I thought that was like 30 years ago. Am I totally off? Did I do the math wrong on that? Let's see. You figure it out. Wait. So it's 2004 is when this was made. So this was made a minute ago. He was born in 1958. Okay. So he's 63 now. And what year was this? 2004. Um, 1958. He was 46. <laughs> Holy moly. Oh, so younger <laughs> even. I guess, I guess I, you know what? I did not put this at 2004. Yeah, when you when they go to the That's internet, my, you can really tell it's two thousand four. So okay, I would not have said in his sixties if I thought he made the movie like this year or something. You know, like like I I don't think he looks like he's in his sixties in this. No, I think he looks a little worse for wear. I forgot that this was like this movie was like twenty years ago. But here's here's <laughs> yeah. the thing: is that Steve Gutenberg does look uh, like a man who's lived, right? He looks, um, he, he looks like how you picture every '80s movie star looking at a fan festival, right. where you're getting autographs. Great yeah. way to put it. But <laughs> the problem is that they are giving him the direction to act. <laughs> Sometimes he's acting like Steve Gutenberg at his age, and sometimes they're telling him to act like Buddy the Elf. <laughs> where it is like this little kid persona. And Buddy the Elf works and doesn't seem creepy 
because you oh. know Buddy isn't looking for a wife. And uh, he's just playing it as like a goofy innocent. There's something about Steve Gutenberg where it just looks either like he has a problem or like he can't act when he tries to do the uh, wide-eyed routine. It's so, the acting is so weird. I, I don't remember, I don't know what people think about his acting skills, but it, it does seem so, um, it was like someone was saying like, look, we want you, the, the inspiration is a s- advertisement Santa Claus. And, mm. you know, if that like a, like, or like a grandpa playing with his kids like, or his grandkids, like at all times. Right, 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 and right. I'm like he's freaking nailing it then. <laughs> he's all, an amazing actor. At all times, it's like he is talking to a three-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a good way to put it. Um, and Steve Gutenberg is just hanging with the elves, um, goofing with a, a electric car, a race car. And turns out Steve Gutenberg or Nick has a problem because when the head elf played by the guy who plays Quark on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, comes over. He tells him, look, your dad, Santa Claus, wants to talk to you because Santa Claus is going to retire. Mm -hmm. This is one of the Santa stories where Santa is not an eternal being. These Santas Mm -hmm. die. The Mm -hmm. elves, I think, live forever because the head elf says he's helped for generations of Santas. So I guess the elves are eternal. Okay. And Santa is mortal. So there's a so the, the, there's a bunch the elves of are sa- like trapped in this sir this slave hell. Yes, forever. The elves <laughs> are in eternal servitude. Uh, yeah. There's a bunch of Santas in a graveyard behind the workshop of the North Pole, and for whatever reason, Steve Gutenberg, before he takes the mantle of Santa, needs to get married. And not only does he need to get married, he needs to get married in five days. Yes, that's when he's taking over for Santa. Not that he's going to do the trip as Santa delivering toys. He just needs to take over for the next year once his dad does the run. But it's really important. He does not have a whole year. He doesn't have a whole year to get married. He only has a little bit of time. You would think you could ease into that sort of thing. But apparently they just got to they got to get old Santa out of there before he eats it. (sighs) Well, I guess they did say that he was three years um, past his retirement age. Yes. A depressing thought. Yeah. (laughs) So, so the, the, the new economy has hit the Santa profession too. And so of course, what do they give Nick a list of single women who all live in a couple block radius in Southern California <laughs> on a I little that, scroll. And they say that like, here's a list of the most eligible women. And they all like, we. these are the most people. These are the women who are the most likely to be a Mrs. Claus. Um, and for some reason, they mentioned that they all live in Southern California very specifically as if that is a place where people who would be good Mrs. Clauses live. Yeah. Right. And what's really interesting about this is that it is presented to him as if to say like, listen, here's women that 
that will do this. Don't you ruin this. Don't ruin this. These women are perfect for this, right? He goes to every person on the list. They don't even want to talk to the freaking guy. <laughs> like They shut the door in his face. I don't understand how they got on this list. What's so strange about that montage, and we're jumping ahead a little bit, is that you would think this movie could have some fun with showing Santa on bad dates, right? It's yeah. like an audition scene in a rock movie where like, you see all the musicians who are really bad in a montage, and you can have yeah. fun with that. And you could have fun with like, maybe he meets somebody who's too crazy for Christmas and it freaks him out, or, you know, there's all the different things. It is a wordless montage of him saying something we can't hear and doors being shut in his face. <laughs> I'm assuming he's saying to them, hi, I'm Santa Claus. Would you like to be my wife? <laughs> I would assume that has to be it. There's another great cut where um, by the side of the door, uh, it says on the sign, welcome to the Ricci's household. And then it cuts to him crossing off the name, uh, like Carly Tracy, a totally <laughs> different <laughs> yeah. Um, but so we haven't quite gotten there yet because we we go back to the ad agency and we meet uh, the the head of Hennessy Games, who looks like a college sophomore. Like he has a bad <laughs> beard. He's kind of crammed in an ill-fitting suit. This is a student project <laughs> that he's trying to sell. <laughs> They very quickly tell him in a PowerPoint presentation that Mighty City appeals most to six to ten year olds, and so they should put Santa Claus in the ad. <laughs> and he says, and he says, that sounds kind of boring. And then they say, well, we have this amazing actor. Imagine that Santa's going to be played by Sir John who I guess okay. is supposed to be this big-time actor. Maybe. Right. Again, why why are 6- to 10-year-olds interested in this Shakespearean, <laughs> like, knighthood? <laughs> That's like saying you're going to put Anthony Hopkins as Santa, <laughs> a, a, a person who 6-year-olds adore. Yeah, like uh, Judy Dench. <laughs> James Judy Gen Dench is going to be Mrs. Claus, and everyone's going to lose their minds by Mighty City. Well... The head of Hennessy Games loves it. He's sold. He sees that PowerPoint presentation slide by. Then he hasn't we, had his marketing class yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go to Nick, Steve Gutenberg, checking into his hotel. And apparently he has uh, roofie powers because he can <laughs> blink and like kind of Jedi mind trick people into thinking things or doing things for him. It is, it is Jedi mind trick. Like he can go... They'll say, "Oh, we don't have room," and he says, "Oh, I think you do have a room with his with his like eye and hand." And they go, "Yeah, we have a room." Yeah, they play a little chime. It's really creepy. Like it's not <laughs> charming and magical. You need a younger guy in this role. You need a guy yeah. who is like tops thirty five and can right. play energetic. And there's just something about an older man doing mind tricks on a young woman working behind the desk. It just does not play well. And he's not, no. Steve Gutenberg also really isn't funny. <laughs> like I could see him being lighthearted in something, but he's not a comedian. Well, what was he in police Academy? Well, he kind of was the straight man. 
he was the lead. I mostly knew him from Short Circuit. He plays the inventor of Johnny Five the Robot. And so he's wait, just kind of like no, well, your amiable. Yeah. Wait a second. I can wait for anything. Hold on a second. I don't think that's Steve Gutenberg. You don't think that's the Steve? Isn't that? Isn't that? You um, think that's Goot Goot? Oh, 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 hold on. I'm thinking of <laughs> Short Circuit too. Well, that's Fisher uh, Stevens. Right, right. I was yes. like, wait a second. Never Steve Gutenberg is different. not in the sequel, but Fisher Stevens plays a Indian man on in each one. It's very cool. Yes. It's a very subtle performance. That's probably why you remember it because it's so tasteful. Uh, so he checks into a hotel. This is the flattest looking movie I have ever seen. Everything has the atmosphere oh. of a parking lot. They, everyone lives in a one-story house. They go to a park. There's nothing. It's flat. They go to the office. They're all on the first floor. You can see the parking lot from every window. It was driving this was, me crazy. This was my theory about all of the women on the list being from Southern California. Like They were just like, listen, we have a... 500 square feet space in all of Los Angeles to do all the stuff we want to do. Absolutely. So everything needs to be filmed within this block. So all of these girls need to also live in Southern California. Put that in the script. (laughs) Well, not only do all these girls live on the same block, it's the same block that the advertising firm is shooting a uh, commercial with Santa Claus in in front of the ugliest house I've ever seen with like cotton <laughs> thrown on it to look like fake snow. Mm-hmm. And Sir John is dressed as Santa and he's acting with this little girl. And uh, Sir John does not enjoy working with children and he no. kind of yells at her and harumps off. Sir John is played by Clement von Frankenstein. <laughs> really? And uh, you can laugh like, oh, haha, like the book Frankenstein. That's exactly what it is. The book Frankenstein was inspired by his family. Well, hold on. Hold I'm on, hold not on. kidding. And he is hold in on, the movie Young Frankenstein because of that connection. Hold on a second. Yeah. Uh, what is the connection? What is Frankenstein? What is. The book was written about his family? It's not written about his family. I mean, but the why The name is of the family was inspiration to Mary Shelley because his um, grandfather, um, let's see, George Fuhrer von und Frankenstein, <laughs> who was an Austrian ambassador to the court of St. James, uh, and the guy who plays Sir John, his parents... Uh, both died in a plane wreck and he studied acting at Eton with his adopted British parents and then came here. This guy has had a crazy life. I started reading about it and I was just like, okay, this is too much. He's died a couple of years ago, unfortunately, but... Uh, yeah, we could have got him on the show. I know. It sounds like he lived a full <laughs> life and he could have told us all about it. Interesting. Yeah. He was in... He's How much stuff was he in? He has 127 movie credits, including this, in major stuff, not just in uh, Single Santa Searches for Mrs. Claus. Yeah. Uh, So, okay. So Nick, our Single Santa, he is getting down the list, and he 
walks by the location where they're filming and he witnesses Sir John yelling at this little girl. And um, Nick decides he's he's going to step in and intervene. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. First, a light almost falls on Beth and he saves her. And uh, so that's she, that's first. I was trying to remember what in what order. This yes, happened. <laughs> that happens first. Um, and then Steve Gutenberg goes over and talks to the little girl. And he says the not at all creepy line. He goes, oh, looks like you're trying to remember your lines. He goes, I find that uh, little girls remember their lines better when they're relaxed. (laughs) There are so many interactions with kids and Steve Gutenberg that are both written and performed very, very uncomfortably. Because then he gets in the sleigh and he starts rehearsing lines with her. And wouldn't you know it... um, they think he is just brilliant as acting as Santa. But is he? Because this is uh, what what happens here. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to say the line. Come fly with me, my child. Come with me on a magical mission that only your imagination could conjure up. Oh, Santa. You mean I can come with you on your sleigh? Right. I did it! You sure did! I had it right! <laughs> Yay! That was terrific. That's the other thing we should point out is that every time Steve Gutenberg laughs, it's with variations of, oh, <laughs> it's horrible. And uh, so, yeah, the reason why she says, I did it is because the reason why the guy was mad at her is because she said sled instead of sleigh. Yes. So, okay. He, um, this is what I didn't get about this part mm. is the only reason why the Santa idea was worth anything to this guy was because Sir John was going to be the Santa. Yeah. Now they're switching it up, and the guy's still okay with the Santa idea. Well, you heard that performance, didn't you fall yeah. in love? I thought I was here. I was real relaxed. Chris Kringle. I felt like I was uh, listening to Chris Kringle while getting a warm bath. (laughs) Oh, nothing. Are we we done? That's all I freaking got about this. (laughs) Well, the advertising firm just loves it. And they try to track Steve Gutenberg down. They go to the hotel and everyone at the hotel is in love with Steve Gutenberg. So they say, oh yeah, he said he was going to go to this community college where I guess... Somebody was who was on the Mrs. Claus potential list. And again, we don't see the date. We see the very end of the date. They are outside of this community college. Steve Gutenberg is standing on the edge of a fountain. And the girl he's on a date with is sitting on a park bench opposite him. And he goes, okay, well, thank you for coming. And he reaches without stepping off the fountain reaches way far out and they shake hands and they, then she leaves. <laughs> it's a very confounding uh, date scene, but this, Gutenberg gets the gig. He's going to play Santa. Um, the head elf starts tracking him down and says, look, we got to make a move here. Stick to the list. This girl is just going to be distraction. Not only is she a distraction, she doesn't believe in Santa. Because we didn't yes. resurrect her dead dad. Like every adult 
in this universe. <laughs> it's always odd. It's not as odd for this because I believe that this movie is supposed to be made for adults, question mark. But <laughs> it's always really weird on TV shows and movies made for kids or made for the whole family where the main thrust of the idea is Santa isn't real. People don't believe in Santa, but you need to believe in Santa because Santa is real. It seems like they keep placing the idea of Santa not being real in kids' heads. Like, just make it, <laughs> if it's a kid's thing, just make it, he's real. He's real all the way through. I What I don't understand is why I don't understand why adults don't believe in Santa when they wake up on Christmas morning and there are presents under the tree that they didn't put there. Right. Or is there just some kind of magic spell where they're just like, oh yeah, we bought those. That is what's so confusing about this movie that I'm assuming is made for adults because I get, yes, okay, like Elf, you can have a suspension of disbelief and it's operating with this magical idea. But this is too confusing. It's too confusing that everybody lives in the real world where they know Santa isn't real. But Santa is real. So does he deliver presents to people except for dead dads normally? <laughs> and by the way, why can't he bring back dead dads? Yeah, He's I thought it was magic. magic. <laughs> I want to see a rotting dad underneath the tree <laughs> saying, kill me. <gasps> <laughs> I exhumed your father. <laughs> okay, well, Santa, Nick is doing ads for this Mighty City game. Here's the problem. During a break, Nick plays apparently... The entire Mighty City game in one <laughs> <Yeah>. coffee break. <laughs> and Nathan, you love video games. This is always a problem, isn't it? Because he says level one and two, those are fine. But the levels after that, you're lying, you're cheating, you're stealing. Like, what game is this? Because it looks like a Sim City game. I want the SimCity game where suddenly in level three, <laughs> you're running a crime syndicate. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand it. I couldn't. I was trying to like Mighty City, and I was trying to figure out like, is this a city builder? Like, is that the joke? <laughs> like, and then, yeah. So maybe it's like heroes or something, like a Mighty City, a city of heroes or something. I don't know. Obviously, this I don't was know why I'm trying to figure it out. Big video game nerds. Um, so he says, this is a problem. I don't want to market. You shouldn't You shouldn't do the advertising campaign for this game because kids are going to play this game and they're going to play a, a lying and cheating simulator. <laughs> simulator. And she agrees and she puts her foot down. Um, and, and at first, the guy from Hennessy Games is really upset. But then... Nick talks to him in the parking lot and he convinces him on a new strategy of a release for this video game, which is coming out in a week, which is <laughs> <I know. laughs> they're going to make two versions of this video game. 
one version of this video game is only levels one and two. And that <laughs> version gets sold to kids. But the other version of the game is the entire game. And that version gets sold to adults. So you see, it's not confusing and weird at all because you're no. doubling your audience, kids and adults. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, multiple SKUs. That's always better for for market for the market, <laughs> and especially like a game that just ends. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't have the ending of the game. Just it after is- level two, it's like, thanks for playing, kids. Well, I've always said make two versions of Grand Theft Auto. One, you're just driving around. You're buying food. You know. <laughs> You're looking around. And the other version where you're stomping sex workers to death. (laughs) (laughs) You'll double your audience. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why his solution wasn't just don't make this for kids. Why would would it just be such a strange? Yes. The most confounding decision is what they came up with. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Now, we got to a scene after this where, uh, like we said, she just does not have enough time for her kid. But Nick does something that any single woman with a child loves, which is the guy goes full force after um, half a date with you to becoming a surrogate father for your child. (laughs) (laughs) He's taking this kid around. He's uh, playing with them. Can you describe the basketball scene? This scene is dumb. (laughs) Like, I don't even think like, so do we, are we introduced to the idea that he, that the kid like really wants to play basketball? Much like the opening scene where you can tell it's the seventies because of shag carpeting. You can tell this kid wants to play basketball because he has a room choked with plush basketballs and basketball okay. sheets. Okay. Yeah. Cause I had no idea. And all of a sudden he's teaching him how to play basketball. Yeah. And so the kid sucks at dribbling. <laughs> The kid sucks at shooting. Like, he can't even dribble. He has to use two hands to dribble the ball. They're outside on the most depressing, cracked basketball court with dead (laughs) grass beyond the chain link fence. He has has to launch this basketball when he's underneath the hoop. That's how tiny this kid is. And um, he's doing horribly. He's not making any shots. He's dribbling badly. And so Steve Gutenberg comes up with a method to teach him to be amazing at basketball. And are you going to play this clip? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm queuing it up right now. You got it? Almost. Okay. Dribble. Back to the basics. One. Two. 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 Okay. Almost. Back to the hoop. Put it right in there. Right in the basket. Jakey, I know what your problem is. Jakey. Your rhythm's off. Rhythm? Yeah, Rhythm. You see, in the old days, the ancient Greeks, they started this thing called the Olympics. I was really afraid he was going to say it, and they played it nude. And <laughs> whenever they would have their competition, sure. they'd have a musician playing, you know, when they played sports. And they had a rhythm. And that's what you need. You need to get a little rhythm going. Let me think. He points to his head and rolls his eyes around. Got it. Bum, 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 bum. 
Do we even need to say that what he's singing and the ball bouncing don't correlate with each other? He's yes. just going bum, 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 and just bouncing there, the ball around. There is no rhythm at all. He's telling him to follow the rhythm and like egging him on like, yes, you're doing it. You're doing it. And there's literally no one is on rhythm. <laughs> he's not on rhythm. The basketball's not bouncing on the rhythm. The music that pulls in that is supposed to be like the rhythm music that he's bump, bump, bumping is not in rhythm to the bump, bumping this scene is so stupid. <laughs> uh, well, we <clears throat> I'm sorry you think that because we have plenty <laughs> more montages of them palling around and playing board games. They go to an outdoor mall that um, has a lot of product placement in it. At one yes. point, he opens up a box of Pizza Hut pizza, takes a bite, and goes, oh, this is great pizza. It's like the scene in Wayne's World when Garth is talking about how they really won't sell out. Um, Goes to their house, Auntie decorates. Auntie Oh, yeah, there's Auntie hey, Anne's. How was your pretzel? It was delicious. Giant Views machines, if you remember Views, the... Yes. Weird fruit drink. At one time, he walks by an SBC van, the SBC mobile, you know, a mobile company or whatever. <laughs> they go to his basketball game. This is under the time of five days, by the way. He has just inserted his himself into this. There is a rule that I've heard other people say about romantic comedies. And it's kind of like a joke. Like there's all those re-edited trailers to where this romantic comedy now looks like a horror movie mm-hmm. or people who have like a hot take. Like when you think about it, it's really creepy what he's doing. Every yeah. romantic comedy. If you have your actors doing the wrong kind of performance, or if your writing is off key, romantic comedies do come off as creepy instead of charming or heartwarming, or whatever you're going for. Yeah. Um, unfortunately they're not doing either of those things. So th- Steve Gotenberg looks like a serial killer inserting himself into this family unit <laughs> so quickly. Yes. Uh, he goes to his basketball game. Uh, the little kid very nicely gives a girl who is in a wheelchair the – oh, little boy, sorry. <laughs> that long hair, I can't even tell sometimes. <laughs> and <laughs> the little kid makes the basket uh, they go to a library. He gives the person reading the book. <laughs> okay. So is that a library? He's reading the night before Christmas and there are children in the audience who speak different languages and were to believe through audio overdub. He is magically translating his voice into the language they speak because the kid goes, oh, so-and-so only speaks Spanish, and how can he understand what Nick is saying? Um, Why are the parents of children who don't speak English plopping their child down at a library story time? This one does have logic. Okay, good. If, If you look at the sign as they're zooming in on him, the sign says story time for ESL students. Okay. Yes, so they are there to learn English. Um, But he's not teaching them English. 
So he's doing the opposite. Sp- <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, what's funny is, oh, by the way, we I think we missed where actually he also gave the power of sign language to a mall Santa. We did to talk skim to a over deaf that. girl. Yes, we did. Okay. So, anyways, so what's <laughs> what I thought of when I saw this scene was. There, to me, in this, I feel like in this movie, there are a lot of kind of weird parallels to things in the Bible. Like, he is like, a Christ like figure, isn't he? <laughs> like, at some, like, in one scene, she only has a little tiny box of Christmas decorations and he feeds the 5,000 with it, <laughs> basically. <laughs> he, he finds like tons, like, he hits a button and the, all of the, the, the deck of Christmas decorations appear. And then in this one, it's kind of like in Acts when, <laughs> sorry, this is deep Bible, but where, okay, sorry, the Holy Spirit falls on a crowd and everyone can understand everyone's language. <laughs> everyone speaks in tongues, as it says in that. Oh my god. Oh, and you are poo-pooing my idea that this is for a Christian Ben audience. There's that scene I where thought- he t- it takes water and changes it to hot cocoa. <laughs> is that true? No. <laughs> okay, I can't remember. There's that scene no, where he I- dies and returns after three days. <laughs> <laughs> I just I thought you were kind of leading into that for some reason. So I was pulling back. But yeah, like there there's a lot of like scenes like this, I feel like. <laughs> I the thing I like about that scene where he uh finds he he's he sets up their Christmas tree. Wouldn't you think for this Christmas movie they would have like a beautiful looking prop Christmas tree that is the <laughs> ugliest live Christmas it's like bare in the middle the branches are all over the place and it hits the ceiling. It's yeah. so bad. Um, it's horrible. Yeah, and he goes, uh, it's it's nighttime. Apparently their garage where they keep the Christmas ornaments is a very long way away from the living room because when he goes to their garage, it's daylight. And he <laughs> finds the tiny box of Christmas ornaments and it takes another long journey because when he goes back to the living room, it's night again. Yeah. Um, and he says that, uh, oh, this must have been hidden in the rafters. I found all these nasty dollar store Christmas ornaments. See, I don't understand why he, if he's worried about her not believing in Santa, yeah, why doesn't he just reveal himself to her in this way? Another kind of biblical illusion somehow. <laughs> but like, like he could well, just say, he makes, "Oh, he, at the whenever she finally believes at the end." Spoiler alert! But he says, "Well, feel the the mistletoe in my palm." <laughs> Oh man! Hope everyone's liking our New Testament jokes. So, <laughs> uh, he tells Head Elf. Oh, Head Elf is tracking him. By the way, Head Elf is yeah. browbeating this guy because he's not sticking to the list. Mm-hmm. He's like, "I'm in love with her, and she's in love with me." Um, and they there's a lot of like waffling about. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's just stretching it out to get to the runtime. Right, like it, it's, he can't it's ask miserable. her out. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, honestly these movies like. But that's why we're here, you, right? You know that's why we're here for a Hallmark movie is to watch this thing stretch out. 
you know what's interesting? I just remembered this. I was in Atlanta and in um, Peachtree City, I think is the name of the city. It's like a suburb of Atlanta or something. There is um, somewhere over in that area, there's a studio called Pinewood Studios. Oh, and yeah. it's a yeah, it's a big movie studio area. And so we were eating lunch somewhere, and I could overhear conversations. And there was a woman there who was saying, "Yeah, we have we're we're trying to get a meeting. Um, we've done some stuff with Candace Cameron, <laughs> Candace Burr, whatever her name is, right? Candace Cameron Burr or something. And we're trying to get in uh, with the Hallmark and tr- and make and she's like, I've been writing more lately." And I'm gonna be writing. I'm trying to write more movies and stuff like like this. And I'm like, I hate this woman. <laughs> also, they were also complaining about masks earlier. <laughs> oh, good. so double that just doubled it down for me. <laughs> you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I forgot about this. The woman who wrote this script <laughs> was one of the co-writers of the movie Witness, and one like critics choice award for best screenplay. Like that is a always on top 100 lists of like greatest American movies. Like witness is pretty flawless as a movie. And after that, (sighs) she writes almost nothing, but like Hallmark movies. It's so bizarre. This is why I, I, my theory is that there is a, either it's a, program or something like a application software application or it's you know there's a book and like you like you open up this uh f- you know um final draft document and in it it says hallmark movie template you know <laughs> and then at the top you put in character name uh holiday and uh you know uh, what are like uh, job and whatever, and then it'll populate into the final draft thing, and then you just kind of go in and you you know you make the you make the words be different. <laughs> that uh, I know I I can't tell. Are you making a joke or do you, is that your actual theory? I, I it, it, there it, okay to that level no, but I do have a theory that there is a template somewhere that someone is just pumping these movies out with. So my like Wu Tang names, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, a generator. <laughs> my mom was applying for; she was writing for a while, like she was doing uh, you know, a screenplay writing or whatever. She was applying. It the series wasn't Goosebumps, but it was something like Goosebumps, where it was supposed to be one author, like the R.L. Stein of the series, uh-huh. but really it was farmed out to a bunch of freelance writers, right? But when they got it, it was on page 10, this person is introduced. On page 25, this needs to happen. On page 46, this, like, it would walk you through the formula of, like, where the beats needed to be in these books wow. to keep them consistent with the series. So I'm sure, I mean, Hallmark has to crank these out. There's, there there's, are there's, so, there's it, like 50 every year or something. It's overwhelming. Um, so yeah, they have to. They have to. There's no room for experimentation in this. Nor do they no. want that. No so time or money. Yeah, there. Ha- I would love to see the packet you get when you're accepted to write one of these movies, saying like, "This needs to happen, and all of this needs to be avoided." Yeah. No <laughs> Hanukkah talk. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. That we already have a Hanukkah film happening. 
Um, fast forward to, let's see, when does this scene happen? So this movie is an hour, 24 minutes. Oh. At an hour, 14, 10 minutes before the movie ends, he tells her that he's Santa Claus. She reacts how a woman would react if you told her that you were Santa Claus. She yells at him and says, this is not funny, or are you sick? Yeah, um, this was this is right after they basically kind of confirmed that they would be in a relationship. Yes. He had his Chris Evans uh, knit sweater on, and he had the big speech. And then... Um, the child says something like, well, if you believe in Nick, then you have nothing to lose. And that's all she needs to hear. It's the next day. <laughs> but after he says that to her, she goes, Nick, in her living room, <laughs> even though it's the next morning and Nick is uh, on a plane to the North Pole. Cut to grumpy Nick sitting in the North Pole being comforted by the head elf. Like, oh boy, well, I guess we'll make do for another year. I guess your father will just have to drag his his dying corpse <laughs> across the world you for another year. do this job unless you had a marriage. That's right. That's right. The woman behind the man. Then cut to Beth's living room. Santa dad comes down the chimney and uh, gets the note from Beth, obviously saying, I want Nick as my husband. Oh, yeah. She put a note out that night as a test, kind of. like Yes. Um, if if Santa's real, then he'll see this note. Right. Because um, and so his, the, next, yeah. the next morning, they come downstairs, and Gutenberg is sitting in the Santa outfit, minus the hat, with his legs splayed open, <laughs> just sitting... <laughs> And staring at them when they come downstairs. <laughs> he immediately proposes to her. Uh, we are now two minutes away from the end of the movie. <laughs> he proposes to her. And uh, then he starts giving out presents. And this is some of the uh, the music you wanted to hear. Everything worked out. boop a doop boop Something, something, lots of poop. <laughs> well, there you just, go. It's, I think they switched to another song for the credits. Oh. And it, yeah, it's good. For That's you, anything. Hey, no <laughs> complaints on. here. I'll listen to this all day. Here you go. Hold on. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I do my wish and oh well. Oh, this is like somebody goosed Kenny G. Wow, that's great. (laughs) That's like, um, it's the music that plays like on a Super Nintendo game when an RPG, when when a character walks into a pub. And there's a band there. (laughs) Now, Nathan, I know what you're going to say. What happens next? Well, 
I'm glad you asked because the next year in 2005, they made Meet the Santas. Yes. The whole cast came back somehow. They got Steve back. They got Crystal back. They got Dominic back before his uh, country music career was about to take mm-hmm. off. And it's about the wedding. Before he got signed to Motown. <laughs> Uh, so we're not going to watch this, but I, I would, I have not read the Next synopsis yet. Oh my God. Somebody I've seen this. wrote a synopsis of this movie that is basically like the length of the script. <laughs> <laughs> every bit and bit. Wow. But I mean, I've seen what, this. My, this is my what, wife's what favorite loser would, series. What loser would sit down and rehash this entire movie for so long? I mean, how much spare <laughs> yeah. time do these people have? You say this but is your yeah, wife's my, favorite movie series? Is the Santas uh, uh, for ha- for for Christmas movies? This is one of her. This is in her top of the Christmas mo- Hallmark movies. Wow. Um, and she, um, I mean, I think it's her favorite in a cheeky way. Like it's not mm-hmm. like she's not like fawning over Steve Gutenberg or something, but sure. Um, but yeah, so I have seen the second one. In fact, I think I've only seen the second one before oh, okay. I watched this one. Yeah. Now, is this like a Santa, Cl- the, the Santa Claus type of thing where like Jack Frost is in it and like other magical North Pole creatures? Like is the, is the wedding list like the bride or the groom side and the groom side is all like elves and like. The only part I can remember is. <laughs> The only part I can remember is them like, like she's like working there. Like I just remember like a scene of them, you know, don't forget the list. Check, check it twice, you know, or whatever, like stuff like that or whatever. Yeah. So the jokes are as mild as I would expect. Yeah. The jokes. Yeah. Yeah, Like this. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, Steve Gutenberg, I forgot this guy, three men and a baby. Diner. Uh Huge. Cocoon. Short circuit. The big green. Yeah. He was he was working, man. I mean, I like Steve Gutenberg. I, I you know, I, I don't like this style of movie, so it goes against him. But I, I, you know, I like him to do well in this movie. Number one, like I said, you would need to be younger, but also to pull this script off and not come across as a creep would require like a Tom Hanks level of lifting that I few few people have in their system. Well, I think it would require someone who like you said is younger and who is maybe a bit more like dashing. <laughs> yes. Good way to put it. Yeah, Sounds like we're really coming it. down hard on poor Goot, but uh Sorry, Gooty. Hey man, casting <laughs> is 80% of it. So, let's see. Should people watch this? I don't think anyone should watch any Hallmark Christmas movie. Um, but I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd say no. You know I never say no. You never say That's true. I would say if you're going to watch this, you have to be in the right frame of mind to watch it. And it's this, this is like a watching it in a group of people while drinking style movie. You'll probably yes. laugh if you're watching it with a group of friends. Yes, watch this the way you watched The Room. Right. <laughs> Throw stuff at the screen. In someone's backyard on a bed sheet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. 
All right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm saying watch it with friends. If you watch it by yourself, boy, oh boy, the time would drag to a dead standstill. These, I do not understand why TV specials have to be longer than an hour. Um, for this kind of movie, you mean? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'll, I feel like so much stuff we watch is over an hour and it's and it would be so much better if it was chopped down. Yeah, it really there's a lot of padding in these things, aren't they? Because I think you have a budget and at some point you're like, well, we have to meet this time period, but like nothing they sold too the expensive. Ads for it. Yeah. Like they're like, look, we've already sold this ad block. Yes. So like it's 2 hours, so fill this freaking thing out. Mhm. Yeah, I think uh, the Hallmark Channel may be uh, more about getting the right number of car commercials than, <laughs> you know, challenging its viewers. Yeah. Speaking of viewers or listeners, hey, everyone, thank you for listening to us. We enjoy you. Um, subscribe to us. It helps. Um, join our Instagram. Our Instagram is great as of late. Nate it runs our Instagram and you are killing it with the imagery. <laughs> I really enjoy it. It's very funny. Um, yeah, I'm, I've decided I'm going to do a, a daily post now uh, on Instagram, ooh. Facebook, and Twitter. Wow. So enjoy that. Yeah. Like a little cookie on your Santa plate every morning mm-hmm. left by... Can't, can't wait to find out what I put up for this show every freaking day. <laughs> Well, it's such a visually dynamic movie. <laughs> Lots of just This is uh, like Dune. Here's a tree. Here's here's some concrete. <laughs> here's Steve Gutenberg kind of half smiling, staring in this direction. Wearing clothes that look like painted garbage bags. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. And as always, we leave you with the music. Dominic Scott K. I could dress better at the foot of my bed. Lago in my pillowcase. Cut it. Cut it. Don't you know I'm gonna go on a a good loop poop. Bye.